Welcome to the Eternal Family Podcast class. This is class number 11, where we examine the paragraph in the proclamation that defines the role of husband, father, and the role of wife, mother. When so much in the world is trying to gray the line between man and woman, the proclamation does a wonderful job at helping us catch the vision of the wonder and the beauty that is fatherhood as well as the majesty that is motherhood. Understanding how mothers and fathers are needed in the home and how they are not the same, but they are equal and that their role is vital in the lives of children will help us bring about the most successful families that we can possibly have. The world in which we live would very much like to blur the lines between male and female. And I don't necessarily want to go toe-to-toe with the world philosophy in that arena. The one I want to do is I want to talk about families and why families need moms and why families need dads. Because here's the position of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We do not believe, we do not want men and women to be the same. We do not believe same means equal. And that's what gets a lot of organizations into trouble, is if you believe that equal means same, that in order to be equal, you have to be the same, then you don't celebrate the differences that Heavenly Father have put into us. So the position of the church is we believe men and women are, what's the word? Men and women are equal, but not the same. Same doesn't mean equal. We can relish in the differences between them. Let me just ask you a question. If you had to give up mom or dad, which one would you give up? Many of you hesitate, don't you? Because why? Those of you who hesitate, why do you hesitate? Do you have two copies and you could, I mean, I have two kidneys. I have two kidneys and I could give one up and live on the other kidney, true or false? So when it comes to mom and dad, is it the same thing? You have two and you could give one up as long as you had the other, you'd be fine. Why not? They're not the same. Moms and dads are not designed to be the same. They're not carbon copies. We need a mom and we need a dad. And we need dads who understand what children need from dads. And we need moms who understand what children need from moms. Now, I very much appreciate this line. And I don't necessarily, I don't want to weight these two words as the ultimate two words, but we believe, now this whole paragraph is role of mom, role of dad. Role of mom, role of dad. And then it says disability, Death or other circumstances may necessitate 
individual adaptation. So clearly, if a family doesn't have dad, we adapt. If a family doesn't have mom, we adapt. But I think there's room here to also say in the traditional role of dad and in the traditional role of mom, there may be some adaptations. There are some families where mom is the breadwinner. Mom makes more money than dad. I have a daughter that makes more money than her husband. And so they have adapted. All of this is adapted. And I don't think there is an ideal family. And the problem is we kind of get this idea that I need to have an ideal family. No, you don't. We need to figure out what works for our family. But let's understand that men and women, mom and dad, husband and wife, father and mother, were never intended to be the same. And in Heavenly Father's plan, we need moms and we need dads. So let's talk, should we talk mom first? Do you want mom first or dad first? Do you have a preference? Let's do mom first. Why do we need moms? The role of mother is one of the most important and yet hard to describe roles you'll ever find. Now, I've left this blank because I want you to find what you think is significant. But before we do it, I want to find, I want to point out one word that we need to talk about first. Now, again, we can adapt. Some of you who have a dad who is more this than mom, and that's great. We can adapt. But for most of you, why do you need mom? There is one word in here that is one of the most significant words I've ever found in any document. Mothers do what? Mothers are primarily responsible for, there's the word, nurture. Now today we're in a disadvantage because we're in the chapel. I wish we were back in the classroom so I could write on the board. I want you to tell me what you think is a synonym for nurture. That is, would you agree that's the word, that's what moms do? Now, tell me what that word means. And it's a thousand things, right? So tell me a synonym for what moms do. What does it mean to nurture, Abby? Care. Care. Now, there's certainly a loving, caring component to nurture, isn't it? Okay, keep going. Comfort. 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 Can I give you an example? I have 10 children. I have been a dad for a long time. My oldest is 31. My youngest is nine. The most commonly asked question I have been asked by my children. In fact, all the questions combined, there is one question I get asked more than all the other questions combined. Where's mom? Where's mom? They walk into the house and see dad, and their question is, where's mom? Now, here's the funny thing, okay? My tw- I had a 21-year-old living with us before he got married. 
My 21-year-old would walk in the house, he'd been jumping on the trampoline, and he'd say, where's mom? (laughs) And I'd say, she's upstairs, expecting him to run upstairs. And he wouldn't. He just wanted to know she was there. He just needed to know mom was there. Now, if I could define the role of mom, I think that's it. Where's mom? Upstairs? Okay. Now, I have been within earshot of my children coming in and seeing my wife a thousand times. I have heard them come in the house and there's mom. Not one time have I ever heard, where's dad? Not once. Unless they have a problem with their Apple device, their car, or they need math homework. They don't even come to me for money. Who do they go to for, for money? They go to mom for money. If their Apple device is broken, where's dad? But otherwise, they don't ask for dad. Now, is that okay? Should I be threatened by that? Absolutely not. Because what role does my wife play in our family? She's the nurturer. And it's not a competition, is it? Now, we'll get to dad's role in just a minute. Because when you need dad, you don't ask for mom. And we'll do that in just a minute. But just as a precursor, I had the, guy, the, the son. You've all seen him playing basketball, right? You know my son. He's terrified of wind. He's constantly checking the weather app to see if it's going to be windy. And when the weather app says it's going to be windy, guess what he says? Where's dad going to be Tuesday night? Because if it's windy, I need dad. But otherwise, I just need to know where mom is. Now, do you see, I don't want this to be stereotypical and I don't want anyone to feel like, well, I have to fill that role. But do you see what children need from mom? And I believe you don't need to worry about it. It'll be as natural as anything. But your very presence is healing and comfort. Give me other synonyms. What does nurture mean? Nurture is teach, right? Let me point out an interesting fact. Do we believe that Jehovah went through the veil and forgot the premortal life? Did Jesus go through the veil and forget everything? Who taught him he was Jehovah? His mom. Who taught little Jesus that he was Old Testament Jehovah? his mom. That's a powerful thought that God left it to Mary to teach Jesus who he was. Moms are teachers. What are synonyms for for mom, for nurture? Um, It's hard, right? That pause is so fascinating because we all know it. I can see it. I know it. Now, ask me to define it. Uh, right? Give me your best shot. Uh, she's a teddy bear. Like she teddy bear. You, she takes care of you. She comes to you when you are sick or 
you're scared. I don't. I I can't. Can I? Can I point out? I, this is my granddaughter. I'm going to show you how adorable this, this girl is. That's my granddaughter. Now, when she goes to school and there's a performance, it's so funny to watch her. Guess what that little girl does? And she starts to get anxious. I can see her anxiety. And then she spots mom. She looks for mom in the audience. And when she sees mom, then everything's okay. That's the teddy bear, right? That's the teddy bear. Now, here's what I want to point out. This church has been accused of being sexist because we put men in the quorum of the 12 and we put men in the first presidency. But where is it? What is the most important quorum of all quorums? The quorum of the home. And where is it that Heavenly Father puts his daughters? And that sacred word, nurture. Let me show you a connection. And I mean to do this very reverently. When Jesus wants to explain atonement, every single time in the scriptures when Jesus wants to explain what his atonement was like, guess what he compares it to? The closest thing on earth to atonement is motherhood. Not just giving birth, just motherhood. Let me show you a couple of examples. Ready? Show, let's do a, a few scriptures. Turn in the Old Testament with me to Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49. Jesus is trying to explain the fact that I won't go away. I'm not going to abandon you. Other people may have. I won't. I am not going away. Even when you sin, I am not going away. Look at verse 14. What is the complaint we and so many other people often say? Especially when I'm in pain, when my life isn't going the way I thought it would go, what complaint do we often make? Where art thou, God? You have forsaken me. I am forgotten by God. And the Lord says, are you kidding me? Let me show you that I can't forget you. And to make that point, guess what he compares the atonement to? Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Now, I know there are some that do, but for the most part, why can't mothers forget their newborn babies. They have paid too high a price to walk away. If I walk away from that baby, what does it do to the price I paid? I can't walk away. I have paid too high a price 
I'm in. It's like when you pay a lot of money for food that's really bad. What do you do? You eat it because I can't throw it away. I spent a lot of money for it. Well, imagine the price a woman pays for a child and then walks away from that. She can't do it. What's Jesus saying? I have paid too high a price for you. I can't walk away. In other words, atonement is like motherhood. If you want to know how I feel about you, wait until you have a child. And you tell me. Now, do babies give their moms a reason to walk away from them? All the time. All the moms in the room are laughing. But why don't they walk away? I can't. I have paid too high a price. Now, when you're holding that newborn baby in your arms and you realize I would do anything for this child, you need to realize that's how Jesus feels about you. Motherhood reveals atonement. Let's do another one. Turn to Moses chapter 6 in the Pearl of Great Price. This might be the best of them all. Pearl of Great Price, Moses 6. Let's go to verse 59. Moses 6, 59. By reason of transgression cometh the fall, which fall bringeth death. And inasmuch as ye were born into the world by water. Whose water? Whose water brought me into this world? Mom's. I came into this world by my mom's water. And whose blood? Whose blood was shed to give me life? My mom. Inasmuch as you came into the world by water and blood and spirit. Now that's me. I did one thing. I brought, some, I brought the spirit. My spirit came down and mom's water, mom's blood, my spirit. And thus I became a living soul. Now, how do I become a reborn soul? How am I reborn? I have to be reborn by water. Now, this time, whose water? That's the womb of my mother, the church, which we've talked about the symbolism. So just like I was in the womb of my earthly mother, I go into the womb of my, the church and I come out of baptism water and of the spirit. Now, what spirit is this? That's the Holy Ghost and be cleansed by blood. Whose blood cleanses me this time? So two people's blood, the blood of two people bring me life. Who are the two? My mom and my Savior. Do you see what he just compared atonement to? Now, how does Heavenly Father feel about his daughters? They are the witnesses of atonement. Let's do one more. 
Turn with me to the Last Supper, John chapter 16 in the New Testament. Jesus, this is, I love this concept that my wife has taught me 10 times. John chapter 16. Now, this is the Last Supper, right? Jesus is going to leave them. Their lives are going to get very, very difficult. Jesus is trying to comfort them in their pain and difficulties and in their sorrow. And Jesus teaches this powerful doctrine. Verse 21, John chapter 16, verse 21. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for the joy that, of the, the joy that a man-child is brought into the world. It's the most magical thing in the world. My wife, we lived in a small town in Arizona. I was teaching seminary down in Arizona, and there was not a big hospital. So my wife gave birth without an epidural, just normal drugs. And it was very, very painful for her. I watched her go through greater pain than I've ever seen a human being go through. And the moment that baby was placed into her hands, guess what happened? Her pain was gone. The joy of holding that baby made the pain of getting to that moment all worth it. And Jesus is teaching you an, a, a powerful lesson of what atonement does. Here's what you sometimes don't understand. The atonement is retroactive. Heaven, the celestial kingdom works backwards. When you obtain celestial glory, guess what that glory does? Guess what that glory does? It goes back and changes the pain of getting there into joy. It is the most magical thing to watch a woman in pain and then just moments later as she holds that baby as happy as a lark and no memory of the pain. Because the joy of holding that child erases the memory of the pain. And let me testify, when you get to heaven, when you get to the celestial kingdom and have had a painful journey to get there, if your journey to the celestial kingdom was full of pain, the joy of getting there will work backwards and turn every pain into a joy. And can I testify? If you go to outer darkness, if you go to hell, hell will work backwards and turn every pleasure into hell. They both work at the same time. And Jesus is teaching that with mothers. Three times in the scriptures, 
Jesus says, you want to understand atonement? Go find your mom. Moms bring Jesus to the home. Now, dads do it in a different way. But if I were to go back, if you were to say, okay, Brother Denford, how would you define, how would you define atonement? Or sorry, how would you define nurture? I would say what Jesus does for you. That's why we need moms. That's why we need moms. And that is one of the most sacred responsibilities. And it's, here's the funny thing. Do you have to have given birth to be one of those, to participate, to be part of that group? You don't. When Lamoni, when, when Lamoni comes out of his trance, anyone know what Lamoni does? It's a beautiful little moment in the Book of Mormon. When Lamoni comes out of his trance, anyone know the first thing he does? He reaches for his wife and honors his wife. Why? Because in his vision, he saw that Jesus would be born of a woman. Now, did his wife give birth to Jesus? So why is he honoring his wife? Because womanhood honors all womanhood. The tide lifts all the boats. And that is such a critical piece that we need to understand the role of mother in the home. However you do it, you will do it. But the role of mother in the home. Now, should we do dad? Let's go back to the proclamation. Dad has three words. It takes three words for dad to measure what mom does with one word. I think that's funny. There's three words with dad. And I love all three words, but I don't think all three words are of equal importance. Now, we've talked about priesthood in the home, right? Who presides in the home? Mom and dad side by side, right? The dad presides in the sense that the home is still a unit of the church. So I would just kind of take the first one. Um, this one is a function of the church. Other than that, moms and dads provide equally. So what are the other two words usually associated with dad? Provide. Now, in our society, that's becoming harder and harder for families to live on a single income. I don't know how my children are going to do it. Do you know what a home costs here in South Jordan, West Jordan? I don't know how, how, how any of you will buy a home on a single income. So that becomes a challenge, is providing. Are there some situations where mom provides more than dad? Yeah, is that okay? Of course, you do what you need to do. So what's the other P word? I think the third P word is the most important for dad. And if I could have a private little conversation with every future dad in this room, I would say, catch this vision. Tell me what children need from dad to feel safe. Children need to feel safe. 
Moms nurture and dads protect. Now, again, is that adaptable? Of course. Are there some dads who are more nurturing than their wife? Of course. That's totally fine. And are there some moms who protect? And I don't think we need to worry about it. It's not a competition. But children need what? Two things. Children need to be nurtured. And children need to, be fe to feel safe. And the most important thing I think I do in my family as I protect them. In fact, I would take very seriously this phrase in the Book of Mormon. I know you've read it. Let me put it up on the screen. It's found prior to the war chapters, right before the little war chapter. There's a little skirmish with Zarahemla, and the Lord teaches a very powerful doctrine. Alma chapter 43, verse 47, the Lord says, Ye shall defend your families, even unto bloodshed. Whose blood would that be? That's mine. And I take that. I am the protector. We talked about with this, the, the ribs, right? Of all people, who do I protect most? Her heart. But what should my children feel in my home? If I have done that, I think the Lord can excuse so many other of my faults. I have been a professional teacher. I work for the church and I'm a teacher, and I have 10 children, and my wife is a stay-at-home mom. I have not provided a ton of money for my children. And sometimes I feel bad about that. But I truly believe in my soul that that's not what my children really want from me. They will forgive a lot of my mistakes if they feel safe in my home. I want to tell you a story that I think epitomizes the role of dad. Um, two thousand two, June fifteenth, two thousand two. This man broke into a home that was not his. He put a knife to this little girl's throat and took her from her bedroom. He took her up into the mountains and did horrible things to that little girl. Now, at the time, this was my seven-year-old daughter. Now, her world shattered. Because where do little girls usually feel safe? In their bedroom. And what did the news of the day tell my daughter? That little girls are not safe, even if your sister's there. Now, do you know what that did to her heart? 
to find out that little girls are not safe in your bedroom? That night, in the middle of the night, she woke up in a panic, grabbed a pillow and a blanket, and crept into mom and dad's room and slept on the floor. Now tell me where she slept. Right next to dad. I didn't know she was there. I woke up in the morning and I stepped on her. (laughs) Talk about protecting your child. I stepped on my daughter. And I felt horrible and I apologized. And the next morning I stepped on her again. Because guess where she was again? By the third morning, I was looking. But the third morning, guess where she was? She was there again. Every single night, the entire nine months Elizabeth Smart was gone, every single night, this little girl would wake up in the middle of the night in a panic, grab her pillow and her blanket, creep into mom and dad's room, and sleep on the floor. Now, I thought, let me draw. Oh, dear. I thought, let me just do a blank. Uh, just give me a blank, blank page. Now, let me just show you, okay? Here's, here's mom and dad's room. Here's mom and dad's room. Here's the door. There's the bathroom. There's dad, there's mom. Now look how much room mom has on her side of the bed. There's so much room on mom's side of the bed. Where does she sleep? She sleeps right here. Now I thought perhaps it was the corner that made her feel safe. That corner is furthest away from our front door. An intruder would pass everyone else in the house before he came to that corner. Is it the corner that makes her feel safe? It is not. It is dad. I now have a nine-year-old who is repeating that same scene. Even last night, He crept into our room and slept on the floor. And where did he sleep? Next to dad. I think my children will forgive a lot of my mistakes (laughs) as long as they feel safe in my presence. If I could pull every future dad aside, I would say, catch that vision. Catch that vision of what they need from you. If you can't fix things, it's okay. If you can't cook, it's okay. If you don't make a lot of money, It's okay. If you're not good at sports and can't teach your children how to be good, it's okay. But if they don't feel safe 
I think they and your Heavenly Father will hold you accountable. That's why children need dads. My son hates the wind, but it's going to be okay if dad's there. That little girl, she's now 29. Before she was married, 24, 25, one day she went jogging. A suspicious car followed her. Who did she call? She called dad. Are you there? I'm here. Do you need me? I'm on my way. Now, funny story. When she was still that age, let me pull her back up. Did I lose it? It was there. Let me reconnect. Whoops. There she is. So one night, there was a monster. And this was before Elizabeth Smart's kidnapping. One night, there was a monster in her closet. Dad, I can't go to sleep. There's a monster in my closet. Brittany, Dad, there's a monster in my closet. Okay, I'll take care of it. So I opened up her closet and wrestled the monster. <laughs> What are you doing in my daughter's closet? And I wrestled the monster. I said, Jen, open the front door. And I wrestled the monster out of the house and out the front door and slammed the door and came back and said, okay, Brittany, he's gone. And she slept. Now, what's going to happen tomorrow? The same thing. Every night I was wrestling monsters out of the house. So one night I wasn't there. I teach institute. I teach night classes. And one night I wasn't there. And she said, Mom, there's a monster in my closet. And so my wife went to the closet and wrestled the monster. And my daughter said, Oh, Mom, where's Dad? I need Dad. And so my wife called me. And I, it was in between classes, so I stepped out. And I said, put the phone in the closet. <laughs> and I yelled really loud, you get out of my daughter's closet right now. If you're there when I come home, so help me, I will smash you. Jen, go open the front door. My wife went and opened the front door. You get out now. Now slam the door. <clears throat> and Brittany slept. <laughs> They will forgive many things if they are safe. Nurture them and keep them safe. Now, do you see what children need? You provide that. Now, combine what we did last week. If you provide that, if you love a child, Nurture a child and keep a child safe. Whose heart did you just win? Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mothers. They will forgive many mistakes of those who love and protect children.
may we relish in our individual responsibilities. I love my children asking me, where's mom? Because I get home and guess what I say? <laughs> where's your mom? <laughs> the first thing out of my mouth, where's your mom? And then it's windy and my son says, where's dad? Well, maybe we're doing something right. Do something right. Love them, nurture them, and make them safe. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you for joining us for the Eternal Family Podcast class. This has been class number 11 as we have examined the role of husband, father, the role of wife, mother. Would you ponder this week and discuss with someone in your inner circle or with me or with the class the insights you now see in the role that fathers play in the lives of their children as well as the role that mothers play? Why are they both needed? And what might be the effect if one does not fulfill that role?